0: From Relay FM, this is Upgrade, episode number ninety-two. Today's show is brought to you by the lovely folk over at Casper, Squarespace, and Pingdom. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined by Mr. Jason Snell. Hello, Jason Snell.
1: Hi, Mike. It's good to be back uh, talking to you. Last week we did our special pre-taped uh, holiday edition, and we're a day we're a day late this time because you were off gallivanting around Spain. Mm-hmm around catalonia um and uh, but we're back and and it's good because next week we will be together in san francisco for wwdc
0: we sure will so that can only mean one thing today that we are going to talk about wwdc rumors oh, yeah. and expectations however dear listener we are doing something slightly different today. We are going to be doing a WWDC rumor draft. The first mm-hmm. annual w- upgrade oh, WWDC gee. rumor draft. <laughs>
1: Okay, sure. First annual, right?
0: The Upgradies pointed out that first Uh annual was the right way to go because we did it again. So I'm going to explain that to you in just a moment about how we're going to go about doing all of that today. But we do have a couple of small items of the follow-up. And Jason, I believe you need to make some kind of public apology.
1: Yeah, I'm a terrible person. Um, I I mentioned Les Misérables and said that it was about the French Revolution, but it's set after that. The fact is, I haven't seen Les Misérables as my as my um, wife pointed out this morning. The '90s musical that I saw when I was in New York City was Phantom of the Opera. Oh wow, that's quite an, so uh, an an interesting mistake to make. So I miss well it was like it was it was actually about to start when I was outside the theater next to the hotel that I was staying at and I was alone and was like I will just go in and see a Broadway show for you know at standing room for some ridiculously cheap price and the show happened to be The Phantom of the Opera. But anyway, so I haven't seen Le Mis and uh and uh, my wife was watching the Carpool Karaoke with James Corden this morning and, uh, and a bunch of Broadway stars because the Tony Awards are coming up and they were singing a song from Les Mis. And I was like, yeah, I don't know that song. So anyway, I got that wrong. I have
0: seen Les Mis, but I don't know enough about the history of Les Mis to have corrected it's you. It's French
1: people. It, it was all pretty much just the French Revolution for like 100 years, right? Yeah, I sure. Think that's,
0: I think they're still doing it.
1: I'm terrible. I don't know anything about uh, musicals or French history. Um, I I apologize uh the other a bit of follow-up we have which is in the category of follow-up we're not going to follow up about uh which is just this news we had some podcasting business news we've been talking a little bit about the business of podcasting the last few weeks and um our friends at, at Midroll, including mr lex friedman who was on this very show a few weeks ago bought stitcher the podcast ish playing app for four and a half million dollars
0: $4.5 million dollars is not a lot of money for a company that had, like, no, twenty
1: people. Well, they bought it from Deezer, who bought out Stitcher uh, not too long ago. Deezer is like a Spotify, but in, in Europe, it's not really known in the U.S. Yeah. Um, and uh, it, it looks like either Deezer had some cash flow issues or just decided it was not a direction they want to go in. And uh, we'll we'll talk about this. And uh, sometime down the road, I think we'll revisit the business of podcasting thing. Now is not the time. But um, I, I'm intrigued by that sale price because that says something to me. I'm not quite sure whether it says uh, something about Deezer or something about viewing the business model of this and deciding maybe that music discovery streaming companies don't really fit with podcasts which i would argue or whether it says something about the value of stitcher that it was uh, it was sold for for a song essentially but regardless uh, midroll uh, Lexus company, which is a podcast network and an ad sales network, mm-hmm. is now also the owner of this app that plays podcasts, although in a non-standard way, where they're kind of like gobbling up your files and and uh, re-encoding them and putting ads in between them and stuff like that. But um, it's an interesting development, and in, and uh, you know, definitely something for us to uh, perhaps discuss with Lex at some point down the road. But uh, but yeah, not, I want to reserve judgment
0: on this one a little bit. Um. Mm-hmm. I think that on paper, uh, for the openness of podcasts that we've been speaking about, even when Lex was on, it seems like a bad thing. Uh, but I want to see what mid-roll do with it before I, yeah. I, I cast a judgment. But if I was going to make a guess, um, it would be so they're able to collect more data to sell for their advertisers, which we know mid-roll would like because Lex told us so. This gives them a way to do that. Um, we'll see yeah. how it ends up playing out
1: yeah i'm marco and and john gruber have uh both reacted negatively to this which is not surprising i've never been a fan of stitcher but i view this and think you know I, i'm not entirely sure that mid isn't going to make stitcher better because i think Midroll is less interested in stitcher's kind of weird total control re-encode your streams kind of approach and maybe more concerned with data yeah with understanding the data um but the bottom line is, you know, Stitcher's only a few percent of the podcast market, a small percentage, and their demographics. Midroll is going to be able to tell what the behavior of Stitcher listeners is, but Stitcher listeners aren't like other listeners, so they're going to get they're going to get behavioral data about some segment of the podcast market. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's behavioral data about that, that can be portable to other parts of the podcast market so i'm i'm, I'm also going to wait and see it is in the mid best interest to try and attract
0: as many podcast creators as possible into the stitcher platform so i'm interested to see what they do with it right because as you say they currently have a specific type of person who listens in stitcher right um, as opposed to the You know, all apps have their own specific types. You know, I bet Overcast skews more technology show. I bet the iTunes app skews more NPR. But they're bigger audience-wise, I would say, than Stitcher are. Um, Oh, by
1: by far. By far,
0: I would say. So, you know, it would be interesting to see what the mid-roll do. I mean, we are not... On Stitcher, we have never been on Stitcher at Relay FM. Uh, we just didn't like some of the terms in their contract agreements that they that they make you sign to be in as part mm-hmm. of their platform. Uh, whilst we have signed agreements with other companies, you know, like Google and Spotify, we are more comfortable with those companies and those agreements. We take it on like a you know company by company basis. We'll see what the yeah, we'll, will do. I would be interested we'll, if they're able to create a platform. That is as open as you can make a platform.
1: Well, let's see. Also, I would say, and I know this seems maybe not uh, intuitive, but um, you know, we were talking about NPR type, other you know, leading people, Professional podcasters um, wanting more data, mm-hmm. and Midroll wants more data too. No, no doubt, because the advertisers want more data. And as as uh, as Lex said, they want data and are being sold data that doesn't even exist in some cases. Um, but Midroll also has been very committed to the concept that we have here at Relay and that I do on the Incomparable, which is that these are ads that are read by the hosts in the host voice. They they have not introduced pre taped you know, radio ads. They have not introduced a product that goes through and auto auto dynamically inserts radio ads in the middle of podcasts based on when you listen and where you listen. There's a lot of really junky, sleazy Add approaches to podcasts that are out there. None and none of those have been ones that I've heard midroll espouse. So, although they are a big company, uh, you know, owned by a big company, and they definitely want user data because they want to reach advertisers. Uh, that's the business they're in. I'm not sure they're the ones that I'm concerned about.
0: But as Marco and John did point out quite rightly, uh, uh, an advertising vendor owning the listening platform is a very peculiar way to do things, and maybe sure. maybe on paper isn't the best, right? It feels like maybe that their interests would skew differently.
1: Well, I, I think you could say that about Midroll in general, that they, they are, because they came, Midroll's story is that they came out of a, a podcast network. And they were a podcast network with their own sales team, and they decided to sell other podcasts. So they have Earwolf, the podcast network, and then they have Midroll, which came out of Earwolf. So that is weird in and of itself, right? Because they are they have their own podcast that they're selling ads for, and they're selling ad- ads for other podcasts, including mine, including The Incomparable. They sell the ads for The Incomparable. Um, and they used to sell some ads for Relay, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and I always thought that was a little bit weird and potentially a conflict of interest that they're a content provider with their own slots that they're trying to sell ads into and do they you know there are lots of arguments there about like are they giving the best slots and is it just sort of leftovers or are they really trying to build a business that is that is neutral about this um but uh this gets thrown in there too which is like they're trying to do a lot and it's unclear how these things work together or if they should so it'll be interesting to see
0: i will welcome lex friedman back to the show Um, yeah love to have him back the not too distant future if he wants to talk about this Mm Lex our door is open we enjoyed our last discussion we'd love to hear what you have to say but today we have even more exciting stuff to talk about so (laughs) let me run down with you dear listener the uh, rules of engagement for the first annual upgrade WWDC draft we have 28 rumors that have been added to a list by me and Jason. So we've been collating this list over the last week or so. It's things that, you know, we expect to happen or things that have been espoused as likely to happen. So we have been adding them to a long list. We will each take turns picking from this selection until we have put together our own list of 14. We'll end up with 14 rumors each Um, and then after the WWDC announcement on Monday on the keynote, we will be able to score who picked the, yeah. the most things that ended up coming true and crown the first ever w- upgrade WWDC draft winner on episode 93. So that is the rules. See? for today's
1: draft so incomparable does a lot of drafts and if people don't know this is like in 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 professional sports they often when people are coming out of uh high school or college they will all the teams take turns picking the players and then they own the rights to those players and they can sign them and it and then fantasy sports does that uh you know every year you pick who's on your your football team and the incomparable we do it with silly things like uh television characters or whatever um but i'm a little uneasy about the idea that we're going to pick a winner from the draft. Because I don't, you know, I don't want to be held to a standard, but apparently I am going to be, and also because I think feel fundamentally everybody wins when you draft things. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we are going to still do that. Yeah. We're all winning, but, but there has to be one of us
0: that will win the most, and uh, that all will right. be crowned next time. We have okay. to, yeah, In my opinion, there has to be a winner because then next year the 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 crown can be challenged. All right. So okay. one of us is going to win. So draft picks one to five of the. First Annual Upgrade WWDC Draft are brought to you by... Pingdom. Do you
1: like how I did that, Jason? Um, uh, that's very good. That's uh, sports. The, all the sports leagues uh, are, are looking on with admiration at how you've integrated the uh, advertising into the, pro- the product. now
0: It's perfect. You can Bravo. start monitoring your websites and servers today at pingdom.com slash upgrade. When you go there, you will get a 14-day free trial, so you can get started immediately monitoring your websites and servers. And when you decide to sign up, if you enter the offer code upgrade at checkout, you will get 20% off of your first invoice. Everybody Everybody has things on the internet these days everyone and some stuff really definitely needs to work all the time we know this right let's say you own a store and you want to make sure that your checkout function is working or just let's say you have a blog and you have some stuff that you're working on some good pieces and you want to make sure that your site stays up there are so many things that you're going to need to do to try and keep this stuff level you know you want to think about caching and all that type of stuff but Pingdom is something you need to have. It is an essential tool in your tool belt if you have a website of your own because Pingdom will be the first to know when your website goes down and then they will tell you immediately. Let me tell you how they do this. They use over 70 global test servers to emulate visits to your site. They can check its availability as often as every minute and monitor the performance of your server, database, or website. They can do all of that for you. They have... The ability to look at things like contact forms, e-commerce checkouts, logins, search functionality, and so much more. Anything can break on your website and Pingdom can check all of it. They detect around 13 million outages every single month. That's more than 400,000 every day because stuff breaks on the internet all of the time. Regardless of whether you have a small website or maybe you have a huge infrastructure, Pingdom will know. All you need to do is give them the URL that you wish to monitor and they will take care of the the rest. When they detect an outage, you will be immediately alerted so you can fix the error before downtime affects you. You do not want to be caught out when someone wants to access something on your site, so you need Pingdom. Check it out today and you will be the first to know when your site is down go to pingdom.com upgrade for a 14 day free trial and use upgrade at checkout to get 20% off, thank you so much to Pingdom for their support of the first annual upgrade WWDC huh. draft now, we need to decide who is going to go first so I think we need to do some kind of coin flip okay, do you have a coin?
1: Uh, no, but I have a random.org why don't
0: you go to random.org?
1: Random.org is the place you go whenever you need a random number chosen for you at random. Uh, I'm going to pick. Uh, I'm going to pick a number. Do you want evens or odds? I'll take odds. And the number is 49. You get to go
0: first. Excellent. So my first pick for the upgrade WWDC draft is first Daniel. The first annual, thank you so much for reminding me. <laughs> I'm going to say that OS 10 will be renamed Mac OS. Oh, Mike, that was going to be my pick. I know it was. That's why I picked it first. Boo. Because I really feel like this is going to happen. This is a Jason was right. I, To my memory, well, you were the true. first person to mention <laughs> this. Uh, and I have been w- along this bandwagon with you. This seems so obvious now. Uh, th- just the fact that we have Mac OS and then an X, right, for the ten, and then you have the lineup of everything else, which has got some kind of conformity in style and in the way that it's written. You know, like, they all look the same, they're all written the same, they all sound the same, they all have the lowercase stuff, it's all one word. It just seems strange that we have one of them out of what the four or five now that there is that's not in this style, it just seems so obvious that they're going to do it.
1: Yeah, so I've got some questions. I've got some follow-up questions for you. Um, that that uh, We'll get into the details. It's your pick. You got it. You get mm-hmm. all of the variations here. But uh, I have a couple questions for you. One is, do you think it will be macOS, lowercase m-a-c, capital O-S, one word, or do you think it will be macOS, sort of keeping the capital M and the space? That's, that's question number one. What do you think there? Lowercase, one word. Okay, interesting. Otherwise, what's the point? Well, I'm not, well, I mean, do do they need to adhere quite that closely? They're not, they're almost never listed together. Mac OS with a capital M is the name. Also Mac is the product. The Mac is a product in a way that TV or I or watch isn't quite the product. It's Mm -hmm. Apple watch, Apple TV and, and, uh, and, uh, iPhone, iPad. Um, so I think they could call it Mac OS, uh, and, and capitalize it and maybe put the space in it. I think it's a possibility. Um, although, again, maybe this is just me <laughs> denying.
0: I have to say, when I look at people talking about this and saying this, the people that are like, it's going to be macOS capital M with the space are the people that used macOS before. I think that yeah. there is an element of like not wanting to oh, let go.
1: The odds, I mean, the odds that uh, people like me and uh, Gruber are going to just defy. It if it's called Mac OS one word with a lowercase M and just continue just begin to call it Mac OS again with capital M and a space. Uh, I, I'd say those odds are uh, pretty good. Well, <laughs> just it's to, like deny it
0: that we call them iPads and not like a bushel of iPad or whatever iPad it is devices. That, yeah, the Apple yes. wants us to call it iPad right?
1: branded uh, tablet devices.
0: But I do think though that you would end up eventually giving in because it is the product name. Like you're giving it like a different name. And not the product, but like you know, it yeah. is the name of the OS. Like it might be for yeah, a while, so. like you, you you just hold on tight to what you feel is right, but eventually we're gonna we're gonna have to, to let go
1: of it. Okay, so the next question I have for you is um, what's what is the version number? Is it Mac OS 10.12 is it mac os 11 or as somebody on twitter pointed out to me today is it mac os 12 because it's currently 10.11 so you go 10 10 9 10, 10 10 11 12 what do you think
0: <sighs> do you, no really i don't think they're gonna put a number like in the
1: marketing well i mean they do ios ios 9 right yeah i just don't think they're gonna do it with mac os okay are they gonna stick with california place names yeah so you think it's going to be macOS Monterey? Yeah.
0: There will be a number,
1: right, that it has. Sure, it'll, it might say version 11.0 or even version 10.12 in the about box, but you're saying no marketing name. No marketing uh, name. No marketing number. Yeah, because
0: I think it's not important. And I also think that once, <laughs> I think <laughs>
1: next good, year... Good, good argument. <laughs> I think well, it's I, not I, important. <laughs> they, they've
0: shown that the number's not important now because they've gone to 10.11. Right. Like the number doesn't mean anything. But anymore. it
1: is important for they they use it in marketing for all of their other operating systems. So if they're truly going to be parallel, would they not use a number? Right.
0: So this is my other part is I think that iOS 11 will not be called 11. I think they're going to go to 10 and that's it. Because I think once you get to a certain point and the numbers just get too high. So I think they'll go to iOS 10 and then they'll change the name.
1: Well, you know, Android Android uses their le- their lettering scheme with a with a clever name, and the Mac has just had these nicknames. Would yeah. iOS end up with nicknames, or would they would they are they just going to call it iOS and not even talk about the new iOS for 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 twenty sixteen?
0: I think they'll give it a name like they did with the California place names because they came up with that right. They came up with the California place name thing kind of for no reason, like they yeah. just wanted to give a name to OS ten because the numbers were getting ridiculous. I think so. You know, They they were done with the cats, and they were just like, let's not go to numbers, let's actually go and give it some names. So I think they'll either do that for iOS, and I'm still holding on to Apple OS at some point where I think that they will just converge them anyway. Not like the OS's, but I think they'll converge the branding in some way. I, I don't think it's going to remain iOS forever, but that's my own weird little pet thought. But I, I do think that this will be Mac OS, and then whatever, Golden Gate or something, you know? I have no idea about the name. I don't know enough about California.
1: So I have a little I also have a, a thing I'm gonna put out there that again is not a uh I would say not a pickable thing. So we're gonna throw we're gonna roll it in here to the first pick in the draft, which is um I still wonder, and maybe it's not this year, but I still feel like it's possible that Apple is going to seriously deemphasize their versioning and make it about Uh, And then, you know, because the versioning is, I think, not very valuable for them for marketing reasons. It's good to communicate to developers. But given that all OS updates are free and they can push out OS updates all the time, and now they can push out betas for users as well as developers all the time. I'm starting to wonder if we will get, maybe not this year, maybe next year, to a point where this, I mean, what you said about maybe the numbers don't matter, like, that's the point where the numbers really don't matter, because we're not going to even talk about it anymore. It's continuously going, we're going to keep doing releases, and you can expect that there's going to be a, a milestone release that happens, that gets announced at WWDC, but... Um, what it is doesn't matter because we'll also be doing releases in the fall and in the winter and in the spring or whatever right mm-hmm. so i think that's a question is I, I feel like whether they come out and say it or not that that this is maybe a direction that they're going to to just more continual development of the OS m- making it less about like we're going to make big news it's also bad for them i think it's terrible I know it's necessary because you have to talk to the developers and everybody. everything Apple says is covered. But I'm not sure it's really in Apple's best interest to tell the public about these awesome features that aren't available for three months or four months. Like, it's much, people don't, They'll will. they'll forget by the time they come out. And all you'll do is frustrate them. They're like, "Oh, oh, the iPhone does this thing." Oh, not yet. Oh, okay. So it'll be interesting to see. In general, I, I, Apple is is they're steering the ship, right? And we don't know quite where they're going yet. But but uh, it'll be interesting to see. And I do. I, I'm with you. Thank you for picking the Jason was right pick. Um, back OS.
0: What's your first pick?
1: All right, for my first pick in the WWDC draft, I, I've got a bunch of choices here. Um. The, I, so part of the draft strategy is that you want to pick things that the other person might pick like you did yep. uh, even if there's something that you like better there it's not available for you if somebody else picks it so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with um iPad multitasking improvements guess what number that was on my list
0: two number two ha 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 in <laughs>
1: your face Hurley
0: <laughs> you got me you
1: got me um so, so, so iPad multitasking improvements, not iPhone multitasking. That one's still on the board, um, but iPad multitasking. Uh, I So last year, the iPad uh, got some love from the iOS update for the first time in a long time, Mm -hmm. including all these multitasking features that are not available on the iPhone. They're only available on the iPad. And when when they announced it, only the iPad Air 2 existed and and, and could support them. We're like, oh, well, okay. And I bought an iPad Air 2 because I wanted to have something that could run uh, this thing. Well, now we've got an iPad Pro and another iPad Pro. Um, and even the iPad Mini, the new iPad Mini can, can do this. But the iPad Pro makes this even more interesting. But it was a first take last year. So lots of stuff could be better. The, the, uh, the app picker could be better. Uh, the ability to perhaps connect uh, t- a couple of apps so that they can run, they, they're paired together and they open simultaneously. Right now, the right side app is always the same until you manually change it to be something else. Um, there's no drag and drop which is understandable for a version one, but wouldn't it be great if you could drag data from the left side to the right side or, or, or vice versa? Um, and uh, the ability to possibly either run the same app into in, in split screen or update some apps so that they're essentially running themselves in split screen. However you want to cut that, but like be able to have two Safari windows open at once. Wouldn't that be nice? Um, Instead of having like fake apps that fake out Safari just so that you can run them in the sidebar. Uh, uh, So those are my highlights, but uh, just overall, I'm going to say more better multitasking features, please. I think,
0: I think the reason that this is for me, a sure winner is the way that iOS and the iPad Pro has started to make serious inroads into people doing more work on iOS. I think that that... It's, you know, this is something that's definitely out in the press now, so I think people are focusing on it more, more and more people are doing this, you know, me and you, obviously, and so many of the other people that we know are using the iPad Pro more and more, and I believe it is because, fundamentally, the changes made to iOS 9 to improve the iPad's ability to do stuff. And I think that having it been a year since people have kind of got to grips with the way that this works, I think that we can so easily see ways that it should be improved. I have high hopes that Apple have seen some in like some real big changes that can be made here. Just to make one thing smoother. You know, the, the ability of finding applications to, to launch in the split screen should be a lot smoother, as you say. But also to add additional functionality like drag and drop and stuff like that. I think that this is going to be something that uh, is going to end up being a big point here. I think we're going to see some really, really great stuff from iPad multitasking. So that is a very solid pick, Mr. Snell. Thank you. My second draft pick, I'm going back to the Mac... Oh good, just like Apple did way back when. <laughs> exactly.
1: Uh OS 10 will get Siri support. Uh okay, this is a, this is a rumor. Mm-hmm. So you're you're playing, you're you're getting some uh you're getting some uh, points on the board here by yep. going going with the 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 reported rumor. Uh so that's all a good good draft strategy for the win. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm going I'm going for the points here. But
0: it seems like an obvious one. I think I expect that your next pick will be probably something Siri related. I think Siri nope. is going to be one. Okay, interesting. I think Siri is going to be one of the big players at WWDC this year. Um, and I think OS 10 getting Siri support is going to be something that happens mainly because what else are you going to put in OS 10 or macOS that you can actually put on the side of a, a box if there was such a thing to say that this is what this OS has and Siri support is one of the last things left. I think for for mm-hmm. macOS to get to make it as round, well-rounded as it can be in the Apple ecosystem, every other Apple device has it. Uh, the Mac does not. So I think it's time.
1: I agree. Although, I mean, so so I wrote a, a thing about this yesterday on Six Colors, actually, about uh, we're doing this week our, like, wish list of stuff, Dan and I are, for the, for the, uh, for for WWC. We're doing our wish list this week. And the, the theme that I came up with, actually, for a lot of the Mac improvements, and Siri was the best example, is I want iOS features on them when they come to the Mac, I want them to be Mac features. And this is the question mark I have is Siri on the Mac, what is that? Is it a thing that lives in the menu bar and in notification center and is walled off from the rest of the system? Because some of the stuff that they brought to the Mac, like like Find My Friends, for example, there is no Find My Friends app. On the Mac, you can add a widget to notification center. It lives there. That's it. It's like, it's just walled off. It doesn't interact with the Mac in any way. You can't do anything with it. You can view it. It is an iOS feature imported, but walled off in a, in a little like black box. Um, so that's my question about Siri is, is Siri going to let me do useful things on the Mac that are like Mac things, or is it just going to be a replication of Siri from iOS that also is available on my, on my Mac? because I'm a lot less excited about it if that's all it is. I get why they might do it that way and it would check the box, but it's like I can and for years have been able to actually on the Mac for for like more than a decade, for a lot more than a decade, you've been able to do some rudimentary voice control on the Mac. And I'm happy for them to chuck that out because it was really rudimentary, but that voice control stuff let you kick off scripts and, you know, automator actions and stuff like that. And I want that. I want the Siri on the Mac to be able to do stuff with my Mac and interact with the apps on my Mac and let me customize things and have them be triggered um and that's I think that's an open question about whether it will do any of those things that are like fundamentally Mac things or whether it's really just gonna be a mirror of Siri on iOS kind of locked off and on the side, maybe with some support in a couple of Apple apps. I think
0: that. If Apple was just going to make this the basic Siri that we already have, and it not be OS X flavored in some way, then why did they not do it before? You know, it would seem like such a wasted opportunity and kind of pointless <laughs> yeah. if all you do is just be like, "It can check sports scores." Is that what you? That what you need? You know, I just feel like that it would be a a bit of a weird choice. Uh, you know, unless it gets feature parity with whatever new Siri might come. Um, And I'm sure we'll talk about that in a bit. So, do you want to pick your next one?
1: Yeah, let's do it. Um, I am going to also shamelessly pick something that's been rumored and, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and therefore needs to happen, and that is a new MacBook Pro.
0: Ooh, interesting. So you're going with the hardware. Yeah, I'm going with the hardware. Because there have been people as well,
1: like in the last few days, saying no hardware. People always say no hardware at WWDC, and sometimes there's no hardware at WWDC. I'll remind you: the last major update to the MacBook Pro, the Retina MacBook Pro, happened at guess when? WWDC. <laughs> yep. And the Mac Pro, right? But it was like four years ago that the MacBook Pro, I think the Retina MacBook Pro, came out. It's been a while. Um, it could get you know, it could get thinner and lighter and faster. Um, I, I, somebody was upset with me when I said that on Twitter yesterday. They're like, "Oh, but I don't want that terrible MacBook One keyboard." It's like, well, that, you're not going to get that. That's none of the rumors say that. The existence of the Magic Keyboard suggests that even Apple is well aware that the MacBook keyboard may be a little bit pushing it for their pro users. Let's say, but I do think it could be thinner, thinner and lighter, and a little more more in line with the MacBook and the MacBook Air in terms of being not as thin as that, but thinner and lighter. Thunderbolt three. Uh, which is also USB-C compatibility. The rumor is that there's that um, that uh, that screen, uh, the the OLED uh, touchscreen above mm-hmm. the keyboard. Mm-hmm. That's 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 a rumor too. So that might be in there. I'm I'm taking a wait and see attitude to that. I am skeptical of a touch device. Uh, on a keyboard because i don't look at my keyboard most of the time and so forcing my vision down there is not my favorite idea then again it solves the zombie arms problem right which is that apple firmly believes nobody should be reaching out and holding their arm out and interacting on a on a mac screen that the whole idea is that you know you should be interacting down there's the two perpendicular surfaces and they want you down on the keyboard and the mouse and so if you put a screen down there that would be a better place to interact and I don't think they're wrong about that. So we'll have to see the details of it. But it's been a while. Uh, it's time for some hardware revisions. And uh, just when you say, oh, but it's a developer conference, they, they uh, you know, it's always about software announcements because it's not a, a major product launch. It's a developer conference. Guess what is a fact about developers? 100% of Apple platform developers develop on the Mac today because you have to use a Mac to develop iOS apps. <laughs> you have to, you have to. So um, I, that's a great audience to give Pro, to make a Pro announcement to and have them whoop and holler. And the time is right. So I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going to, yes, I will take the risk that perhaps it won't happen uh, because I think it will. And I think, uh, and I'm excited about it because it's time, it's it's past time. The, the Mac Pro and MacBook Pro both are long in the tooth. So I'm going to say new MacBook Pros. That's my pick.
0: I'm fully on board of you. I think we're going to see new MacBook Pros on Monday. I don't think they're going to ship Monday. I no. Think they're I mean, because there's the question of if it does have this new screen in it, if it does have Touch ID in it, what about OS 10, which doesn't support these things?
1: So I, they talked about that on ATP a couple weeks ago, and I, I, I they were way too skeptical about it because the, the fact is when new features, like like the Retina MacBook Pro, in fact, when new features w- are rolled out on hardware, there's an interim OS update that supports it, and then there's the proper, you know, and then and it has to run that build, and then eventually there's another bug release build that comes after that, and then it can run that build, and then eventually the full version comes that fall. But uh, I don't think that would be, if they have a product ready to ship with Touch ID, let's say, it'll ship with a version of OS X, that has the Touch ID stuff in there. And that's just how it'll be. They won't hold that for the fall and hold the hardware. They'll just roll it in. That's how they do it. They've done that since time immemorial they've done that so that's what they'll do now they may do you're exactly right this may not even be one of those it's shipping now or it's shipping friday or it's shipping next friday it may be it starts shipping in july or starts shipping later this summer that totally could be the case um because that product the existing macbook pro is so old that if they if they have a a month even where um they're getting those out the door and the new ones coming in they'll be fine they'll be fine
0: all right, my next pick then. Uh, okay. I'm going all in on Siri now. Uh, Siri API. All right. Again, another thing long overdue. Uh, I think a Siri API is something that we should be seeing now. Um, this, you know, what was it? The, was it the iPhone 4S that introduced Siri? Yes. Long time it's been around. And I think that there has been enough chatter in the right places to suggest that we're gonna see something. No idea I have absolutely no idea what this is gonna look like. I know what I want it to look like. You know, like I, I want it to just be Siri controlling applications. I want developers to have a strong API that they can pick from specific tasks that Siri is able to do, right? So start relatively small. I'm reminded of the when multitasking was first introduced, right? It could do like those six things. I'd be totally fine if Siri could do like a small subset of things in applications, but they're things that you would really want it to be doing to start with, and then they can build out from there. I have no idea what could happen with Siri. I think there's going to be big Siri changes that bring the API along with it and puts it on OS X, Uh, but I have my fingers crossed. I am definitely in the camp that WWDC 2016, the big thing that comes out of it is Siri 2.0.
1: I hope so. I I think for all the reasons detailed previously, uh, including on this show, I think we're all waiting for the next leap by Siri. And what we've seen is incremental stuff with Siri. And they do keep adding features, but it doesn't feel like Siri is appreciably different and better than it was when it was introduced. It's incrementally better, but um, it needs it, it needs to up its game. I think everybody feels that, given all the announcements from Google and what Amazon is doing. And uh, I hope I hope we see that. And the API is a part of that, right? Being able to one of the great things about the Amazon service is that it um, it has this out. It has this hatch that is uh, the external uh, triggers. They're called skills. And, uh, that's huge because then even if it's not native and the interactions are not as uh, fresh and friendly as they are, if they're native to built by Amazon, you can get out of it and do stuff, um, and build your own connections. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and that's a, that's a huge deal. So if Siri is able to connect to iOS apps or web services and, uh, and, Basically, you've got a third-party story for Siri. I think that could be a huge part of making it a better product.
0: I agree completely. Jason, you're number three.
1: All right. So I'm going to choose this as a little bit, uh, again, you, you've you gotten in my head a little bit about uh, about wanting to win this. <laughs> which is which, which is making my choices a little bit more practical uh-huh. and a little less wacky. I guess I'll save the wacky for later. There's a lot so of with, wacky in this list. We're, we're going to get to it. So with my third pick, I'm going to pick new 3D Touch actions and functionality for the iPhone. Mm-hmm. Uh, similar to my uh, iPad multitasking argument, I'm going to say 3D Touch was introduced last year. So what we're seeing is a first take on 3D Touch. Um, and it's been a year and f- oftentimes the first take is something you can get out the door. That's functional. Um, I wrote an article about how I thought 3d touch and actually force touch on the Mac are kind of not quite right, that they need to be a little more central. Um, I hope we see that from Apple, some, uh, a new kind of global approach to how you should handle 3d touch going forward on iOS. Um, but at the very least, what I want is I want to see some forward progress some new actions um i want uh anything that looks like it should reasonably be 3d touchable should be um i'm looking at you control center right um control center is a, is the one that really kills me it's like it's got a whole bunch of little icons there that you should be able to press on with 3d touch and get a shortcut to a specific feature of the you know of whatever app is sitting there and you can't it just doesn't support those. So 3D Touch in more places, more functional, uh, more customization. And I'm holding out hope a little broader kind of uh, a- approach that Apple provides to themselves and to developers saying, here's how we want everybody to treat 3D Touch so that it becomes an integral part of the iPhone experience because it's just not there yet.
0: Yeah, and it's going to have to remain iPhone for now. Um, yeah, I- I'm not in the camp of thinking that 3D Touch and Long Touch should be the same thing. I think they have to be different things and Apple just needs to work out how they put it in all their devices. I think combining those two things doesn't help. It doesn't make it a thing. They may as well have just had right-click long-touch a long time ago. Like, But they didn't do that. I think it's right to kind of split them up.
1: Yeah, we'll I think I I think they need to find a gesture that will work on non three uh, D touch devices that is the equivalent, and so that everybody can count on it. And three D touch isn't put in this sort of sideline of nice to have but never essential. And if that's long long press, then I am fine with it because I think I think right. that's the problem with fundamentally with both force touch and three D touch is as long as you can't count on it being everywhere and that'll be a long time if you if you don't have an equivalent what you're doing is you're making it uh optional and when it's optional it's a lot less useful all right so
0: my next pick um is an apple music revamp uh i think that wwdc is the wrong place to do this but they did it
1: last time (laughs) <laughs> why? Why change now?
0: Yeah, well, it's been a year. I think I don't think they're going to spend a lot of time on it this time. I think they have a very busy WWDC as it is, but I think we're going to see a few slides of this is some changes that we're making to Apple Music, uh, and then they'll, I think they'll just move on from there. I don't think we're going to see a lot to it, but I think we are going to see some news about it.
1: Okay, yeah, I mean, I, I would hope so. I, I, I'm holding out hope that since it's since it's taking the um, the wraps off of new OS stuff that we may see. Yeah, some some screenshots of of what Apple Music looks like now. Again, same argument, right? It's sort of like year two. Well, how did you rethink this now that it's out in the world? What does that look like in iOS? What does that look like on the Mac? Um, will we see changes to stuff on the Mac too? So, are you does this does this uh, Apple Music is this about the service? Is this about the iOS app? What what exactly? Um, does this cover well? I was
0: I was thinking mainly iOS, but I, I think that it's going to be some changes to the service. There might be ready to announce some kind of video stuff in there because there is more and more yeah. of this happening. Didn't they just sign something with a, a, a designer for some fashion coverage or something yesterday? Right. Uh, I think we might start to see some details about how Apple Music is going to integrate more video content,
1: um, and that right. might be the end of Connect they need okay. tap the that uh that detail get might get you bonus points depending on what gets announced so <laughs> it's good it's good for you to have the, the bonus points in there mm-hmm. all right where do i want to go next um wow i'm gonna say uh i'm gonna i'm gonna go out a little bit out on a limb Ooh. um with this one because i think it will be uh it's a little risky but I think uh, I wanna I wanna pick it. It's developer tools on the iPad Pro. Oh,
0: that was one of mine in there, and because yeah, I, I mean, believe I'd, very strongly in this one,
1: I don't want to say full Xcode because it may not be. But I feel like they've got an iPad Pro. We've been saying for years that, you know, one of the milestones of a platform uh, coming into its own maturing is that you can develop for the platform on the platform. And the fact is iOS is not something you can develop on an iOS device. You have to develop it on a Mac. So I think Apple wants to get there. There have been rumors that people in... uh And Cupertino on the developer tools team are, you know, have iPad Pros. (laughs) Um, And with the iPad Pro, especially the big one, the 12.9, you could totally develop software on that thing. So... I want, I, I want to see that. Now, maybe what we'll see is a light version or pl- somebody suggested Swift-based maybe like Playgrounds and things like that that's something that's light. I would like to see Xcode for iPad, even if it is limited in what it's, what it's capable of doing. I would love to see Xcode on the iPad Pro. So, um, since this is a developer conference and I feel like Apple's got the pieces in place now where it's got devices legitimately powerful enough and screens legitimately big enough in the case of the 12.9 that I think they could do it. So, I I want to see it i want to see developer tools on the ipad pro i think you're right
0: uh i also think that whatever it is it will be swift only i feel like it's a waste of their time and effort to to go with anything else this is obviously what apple believe is going to be the future if they're building something new i think they may as well just go
1: all swift on it and just wait for people to catch up if they want to that that works, right? I mean, I I think people complain because people complain about everything, but uh, you know, but the details, yeah, there there will be some details that will be interesting, but I I want it to be, um, I want it to be there, and I think some, I think there will be an iPad Pro developer story, so that's that's Definitely. how I'm gonna I'm gonna put it, yeah.
0: And my last uh pick in this round will be for <laughs> a okay. New? That's not how drafts work, but okay. Well, that's it's a, it's a round sponsored by this is Yeah, this is yes, that's true. Okay, uh, will be a new Apple Watch home screen design. So saying goodbye to the honeycomb.
1: All right, that was on my that was on my top picks list. So good job there. Way to go. I think that time has proven that that is just bad design.
0: Um, the, the tiny icons that sprawl off into the distance that are impossible to move around on the device or in the app consistently um, that kind of shrink and grow whilst it looks really good in a demo is incredibly hard to use Uh, the icons being so small and being so close to each other makes them incredibly hard to pick what you're looking for on the run Uh, I, I just think that Time has shown that that was not the best way to try and display the type of information Apple's looking to display. Uh, they want to continue with apps, which they definitely do, um, because that's what people expect on devices now. I think that they are going to have to, and they will, do something to change the way the home screen looks and is presented.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I fu- fully endorse this. I think the big... Uh, we've broken it up into a few little bits here, but the the big um, question for the Apple Watch is how proud is Apple of its first conception of the Apple Watch and the watch OS? And how willing is it to, two years almost after they announced it, how willing is it to accept that it that they missed they missed some things they didn't get it right outside of the box because i feel very strongly as an apple watch user as somebody who uses it every day and likes it that there are some things about it that are just wrong that they blew it they didn't know they had this initial they took a shot it didn't work the home screen is a good example of it it's terrible. so we'll see watch os3 right like how much do they rethink the apple watch and how much do they like double down and be like no you're gonna get to like it you're gonna you're gonna the honeycomb you will embrace the honeycomb right and i i hope they don't i really hope they don't because that nothing would make me uh, less enthusiastic as an apple watch user than apple uh, coming out at WWDC and saying that they think the Apple Watch is fine,
0: yeah, because it's not. Because we, you know, we are on record as really loving these devices, but they are imperfect, as you know, as many yeah. things are. And if and if Apple doubles down on some of these imperfections, that would be upsetting. Right.
1: Fix the problem. Fix the things that are getting in the way of your product being great. Mm-hmm. Because those of us who believe that it could be great. And that hardware is not the only problem here. The software and the, some of the interface conceptions just are in the way of the of the product. Um, we'll see. I mean that that's a that's about personalities, right? I don't think that's even about technical capability. That's like, are you willing to change some of your assumptions from two years ago about the Apple Watch? We'll see. Um, but I, I I really hope you're right about this one, even if it gives you points. And uh, I'm, I'm going to sit in that keynote now, and I'm going to be like, oh, that's a mic choice boo 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 (laughs) that'll announce the siri api and you'll hear one man going "Boo, Boo. (laughs) everyone turns to you it's like mike picked it yeah that's right i thought i was hoping that would be a boy yeah it's going to be a big all those siri announcements are going to be big point totals for you but yeah we'll see all right um it's my turn, uh, and so with the last pick of this first cycle, I am going. These are these are all. Big. I love
0: how much you hate that I'm rewriting the rules of drafting here. Yeah,
1: <laughs> this is Mike. My, my drafts are not. <laughs> They're not canonical drafts. Non canonical drafts. Exactly right. Um, I okay, so I don't want you to make a complete run on. Uh, Siri related things because I don't want to be the guy who's booing during the entire Siri section. So I'm going to take a page from that Macworld piece that I wrote, speculative Macworld piece I wrote a couple of months ago and say, Apple's going to announce the Siri speaker, or something like it, a piece of hardware with Siri integrated that sits somewhere in your house and listens to what you have to say and talks back to you and plays music and stuff like that. I, I'm going to put that down. A, a, a hardware announcement for a Siri related product. Now, my, my hesitation here is this sounds like a fall product not a summer product yeah, and not a WWDC product. But I just, I want in on the Siri uh, bandwagon. <laughs> so I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to put a chip down on the Siri speaker um, just in case that this is because Amazon's got theirs. Google has announced theirs. Does Apple come out and say us? Yes. Us too. Rather than spend the entire summer, even if it doesn't ship until the fall, rather than spend the entire summer hearing how, Oh Apple's got to come up with a strategy for this cuz Google's coming out with their thing and Amazon's already out there. Where is Apple? Um, that's not necessarily a great reason to introduce a product, but some stranger things have happened. So I'm going to I'm going to throw it out there, the Siri speaker. This is one that I've really considered as a wild
0: card. I believe maybe that something like this would exist. I'm not entirely
1: convinced. There could be a developer story here too. I mean, the, the way that I, I get this into the WWDC keynote is that it's part of the API discussion. Yeah, is for sure. you 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 need to not ex- assume that you're going to have a screen to display on, and you know your APIs that you build will not just be for the iPhone and the Apple TV; it will also be for this thing, and part of that larger Siri 2.0 discussion. That's that's my theory. We'll see. I I think that this product. Might exist
0: i don't I don't feel like it's going to be now. I feel like it's too soon, but yeah. i'm I'm willing to be wrong because I am becoming increasingly interested in these products. I'm just waiting for one of them to be announced in my country.
1: They could also decide that it's um well yeah, I mean that's one of the great advantages of, of what Apple's doing is that they, they would be able to hit way more countries with this presumably over yeah. time because they're much much better at international um, yeah well they I mean and they're really better at Google. At this, I think too, but um, for sure they are. But like Google's better than Amazon. <laughs> than Amazon every, every, everybody is better than Amazon. Um, so uh, we may see it. The only other hesitation I've got is, and this some of this is my own hope, which is they could do a thing where they do a licensing thing and let third-party speaker manufacturers integrate Siri. And I hope they don't, honestly, because it won't go well
0: <laughs> yeah. I,
1: and it will it'll be slow and we seem like with HomeKit. like is this even a thing that people want to do so um I, I that's also a possibility but given that they bought beats um and given apple's you know apple's history and really wanting to make awesome speaker products like that old ipod hi five you know this is the maybe, first time that so. i've
0: ever thought about beats in the speaker discussion and it makes a heck of a lot more sense
1: beats know how to make speakers Right. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe maybe a Siri, a Siri speaker, Uh, maybe even a, you know, Apple Beats speaker.
0: Yeah. See, I don't think they will call it the Siri speaker. I think it will be a product that has Siri built into it, but it's also going to be focused around music quite heavily. I made the prediction, Jason, you may have not heard the episode yet on Connected. Uh, I want to just throw it out there that this product will be called iPod.
1: Oh, that's nice the the new iPod that would be great that's a great name for it I, I love the idea of reusing names for things that that uh that have some cachet but can't be used for what they were anymore so that would be great I, I do think you know the the guys they kind of laughed a little bit and then I kind
0: of talked them around a little bit yeah uh, it feels unlikely based on Apple's current trends of naming but the iPod has such great brand recognition. I think it would yeah. be interesting to bring it back,
1: especially if it's about if it's about music and it lives in your home. Yeah, that's uh, pretty great. So we'll see.
0: Okay, so that's the first uh, round of picks. The second uh, round of picks is brought to you by Casper, the company focused on sleep, the company that has created the perfect mattress, the perfect mattress that it was sold directly to consumers, and this will enable and does enable them to eliminate the commission-driven inflated prices that you're used to seeing in resellers and showrooms. And what Casper does is it takes all of the cost savings that it makes by not having to worry about that whole infrastructure and pass them over directly to the consumer Casper's mattress is award winning and they developed it themselves it has a sleek design and it is delivered in an impossibly small box that makes it super easy to get up the stairs and put into your bedroom this box is crazy small it's kind of insane that they're able to put a mattress in it but they do Casper now as well as the mattress which you've heard us talk about many times they now offer an adaptive pillow and soft breathable sheets as well so if you own a Casper mattress there's now another reason to go to Casper.com/upgrade and check out what they've got. Casper's mattress, as I mentioned, was developed by themselves. They have their own in-house team of engineers, and they spent thousands of hours developing this mattress. It combines springy latex and supportive memory foam to create this award-winning mattress that has just the right sink and just the right bounce. It is obsessively engineered and is shockingly fair price plus it's breathable design helps to regulate your temperature through the night you won't be too hot or too cold when you sleep on a casper mattress Cat- mattresses can well over cost you know they're 1500 you're used to paying but casper mattresses cost 500 for a twin 600 for a twin xl 750 for a full 850 for a queen 950 for a king size mattress and believe it or not they are all made in the united states of america Buying a Casper mattress is completely risk-free. Don't worry about the fact that you're buying it online and it comes to your house and you're not sure if you're going to like it. Casper offers free delivery and get this free returns to the US and Canada with a 100-night home trial. If you don't love it, they will come and pick it up for you and refund you every penny. Casper understands the importance of sleeping on a mattress before you commit to it for the next 10 years or so of your life. You can get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com upgrade and using the code upgrade terms and conditions apply. Thank you so much to Casper for their support of this show.
1: All right, Jason, next up. Yeah, I'm going to pick native watch apps. Okay, don't we already have native watch apps? Explain what you mean by this. So
0: this will be a, an Apple Watch app that works completely independently of an iPhone. So if there is no connection, it is able to do stuff. The, the way that the watch apps are working right now is there's still a lot of data transfer being made between the phone and the watch, right? So like, for example, if I want to add something to OmniFocus, it gets really upset if it can't connect to my phone. So these will be apps that will run fast and they will be able to collect data and you'll be able to do stuff with them without okay. a phone being around.
1: Okay, I'll give you I'll give you that. Although, like I said, watchOS 2 did allow w- watch apps to pull data over Wi-Fi when they're not near their phone.
0: It doesn't work very well.
1: Well, okay, so so that's why I'm going to give you this and I'm going to give you kind of, I think, the catch-all category of like watch apps having more abilities to be away from their iPhone, right? There's yeah, like I should have. Better... Pla- that's a
0: better clarification of that for sure. Because as you say, there are parts of it, but I don't know if this is a hardware thing or a software thing. But they really don't feel like they're doing anything. You know, like very yeah, frequently I'll hit a button and it's like it registers the animation, but nothing
1: happens. So I'm yeah. hoping to see some more more in there. Yeah. Okay. I mean, really, any watch improvements would be welcome. Yeah. Um So in fact I'm gonna stick with the Apple Watch thing. I'm gonna do it. Um and I I'm going to do a, a I know this is esoteric, but this is uh this is what I'm gonna do. Uh my pick is the behavior of the fr- the button, the friends button on the Apple Watch will be altered. That's my choice. Changing the behavior of the friends button because it's dumb. Back to our previous conversation, I never it, it is the button on the Apple Watch and I never use it. Because all it brings up is a little screen with a bunch of faces on it that I can send, like, quick messages to. And that's not how I use my Apple Watch. So I'm not saying that they won't completely abandon it, although they should completely abandon that approach. But... I would like it at the very least for them to say, oh, now you can choose what the button does. It can do all of these other different useful things that are way more useful in showing the ring of faces when you press the button. Um, the the moment they announced that what the button did, I thought that was a terrible idea. And more than a year of using the Apple Watch has not changed my opinion one bit. It's dumb. I think
0: that it is a significant thing if they do it. Because oh, yeah. you know the the digital touch uh, was one of the key features of the Apple Watch, so taking <laughs> yeah. it away from that button will again show a understanding maybe of the way people are using it. I can't imagine many people are using the digital touch stuff really. You know, like me and my girlfriend both have Apple Watches and we use it very infrequently. And she's the only person in my list of like 12 people or my multiple lists of 12 people that I can have that I do this stuff with any seriousness at all. Yeah, I I would be very surprised if... uh... Again, this is one, though, that I can see them potentially doubling down on if they can make it better. So imagine if sure. the digital touch stuff now allowed for walkie-talkie type stuff. That might be kind of cool, you know, and you could use the button in that kind of way. If they if they doubled down on the friend stuff and made it more compelling, then I would maybe be more okay with them leaving the button behavior as it is, rather than, you know, has, I wouldn't be okay with them doubling down on the honeycomb. All right. All right, next up, I am going to go with a new Mac Pro following right. the exact same guidance as your uh, thought about what the MacBook Pro would look like and why it would be on stage. Okay. Uh, I think the, that we will see a Mac Pro update. I think it will be a slide after they've announced the MacBook Pro, right? They would put up a slide and say, and also, we have a new Mac Pro today. It has this, 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 and this. Moving on. That's all I think it's going to get. But I think they'll do it there because if you want to get a cheer <laughs> from, you know, from any audience about the Mac Pro being updated, it's the only one you're going to get it from.
1: Oh, yeah, I I know. Exactly right. If you want to do it as something other than a press release, this is the audience. And again, they, they announced it at a WWDC. So why not? Mm hmm. Okay, um, I'm going to go, I'm I'm not entirely convinced this is a feature that could be, that will be good, but I feel like they're probably going to do it, especially since we've seen Google announce it as well, which is bring multitasking to the iPhone. And... If you saw that Google I.O. keynote, um, they showed a uh, the split screen on a, on a big Android phone with two apps running top and bottom. And I thought, OK, what happens when you slide up the keyboard? <laughs> right? Like the keyboard is the size of the app. But that said, you had big phones like the iPhone 6S Plus. Hashtag Mike was right. Um, is there a way for Apple to make multitasking somehow useful for people with especially the big, the big phones since they've already built it into the OS? for the ipad would they allow that whether it's something like a split screen or something like a virtual screen where you've got it peeking it and you sort of like slide them up and down to get the quick access to them Um, or when the keyboard slides in it slides the the you know the one that's not active off the screen temporarily while you type uh or even something like slide over might be useful on a phone where you could very quickly flip uh into this thing that you've kept pinned to the side look at something and then flip it back out which is different and distinct i think from uh from regular multitasking switcher you're somebody with an iphone 6s plus what do you think is this a possibility and and or is it dumb
0: one of the reasons i think it's possible is the landscape mode on the plus oh hmm because you kind of need a landscape mode for this to work. And so this is something that they actually built into uh, the next version, you know, the developer preview of N Android N. Android didn't have a, a, a landscape mode. But when you enter into multitasking mode and you go to your home screen, it will show it in landscape. But it doesn't do that if you're not in multitasking mode. If you turn your phone on the side, oh. it doesn't change things into landscape. So it, it needs a landscape mode kind of fundamentally for it to work. Because I think... I've, I've played around with this in N and really it works best when you're in multitasking sorry, when you're in landscape because you get to see the majority of the applications right. information side by side I do want this feature not Great. to do serious work on but for little things, so like a couple of days ago I got an email from someone who needed me to check a date for something but it was like three dates that I needed to give them and it was annoying me to jump backwards and forwards between apps I would have loved to have just very quickly brought up Chrome that I could check the date of the thing in and just type them into the email boom 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 like I do on my iPad I wanted that I don't want to run my phone in that all the time but for the quick things that I need to check it would be really useful alright what's your pick? So, following on from the Mac Pro, I think if they introduce a new Mac Pro and a new MacBook Pro, they they will f- for sure have an external Retina display to go along with it.
1: Huh? Bold prediction. Bold prediction. There's there's been a lot of speculation about it, and then I think the ATP tipster said, "No, it's not gonna, it's not gonna be there." But I I, I feel like you're right that you you want to see, um. You want to see them as a package. You want to be able to say, look, Hey, professionals, you have these professional devices and yes, you will have an external display, a big external display that you can, uh, that you can connect. Um, the Thunderbolt display is going out of stock. Um, and it's very old and, uh, there was a rumor that I thought was fairly credible about this idea that what you do is you put a GPU in the display, which is kind of in line with the Thunderbolt display, which had a lot of electronics in it. It was a, it was kind of a computer uh, on its own, and that if you if you put the GPU in the display, you could connect via Thunderbolt three. And it would it would drive be able to drive like a 27 inch like a 5K display. So it's it's possible that they could make this work without having to wait for the next version of DisplayPort at the end of next year, uh, which uh, I don't think Apple wants to wait. So I think the real question is, does this happen at WWDC or or later on in in 2016? Um, and. Uh, it's an open question, but again, you know, if, if you're going to do it, you're not going to cannibalize any sales. Say that you're going to do it, um, even if it's just, and yes, you will be able to connect this to a beautiful, brand new 27-inch 4- 5K display that Apple is shipping uh, this fall. And yeah. even if all they said was that, I think that that would be fine. And, and people would lose their minds and yep. we would come back to it in the fall. Just to know it's coming. I mean, my, yeah. my
0: feeling is like, I don't know if they're going to do this, but if I'm going with the fact that there's a new Mac Pro, I'm going with this as well, because I think they have to announce those two things together in my mind. I just think that it would naturally go together because this new Mac Pro should, in theory, have the support for whatever this display will eventually be. So you may as well announce them together.
1: Yeah, I think I can I can buy that. I can buy that all right for my pick in what is what the eighth round of this draft i'm going to pick uh something that is uh, totally just a way for me to collect some points we've seen with the safari developer preview that apple is is really working on a lot of webkit features the webkit team is sort of open about the fact that they're working on some other features that haven't appeared in the in the preview yet um or the technical preview i guess it's called um technology preview stp uh, and so I think there will be uh, there'll be a Safari slash WebKit at least a slide on stage that will talk about all the awesome things they're doing to update Safari, and and um, including the stuff that's in the technology preview as some stuff that has not yet made it into the technology preview of interest to podcasters. I think they will announce that they're going to support WebRTC. Uh, and that would be WebKit, so that will be iOS and Mac. And what that would mean is like all these web-based tools that let you do podcasting that record remotely, uh, like uh, Cast, um, will work on iOS once that is implemented. So that's, I'm going to throw that out there, that like a bunch of WebKit up- updates, including WebRTC, uh, in the next version of iOS and, and OS 10, Mac OS, whatever it's called. I feel like this is one of those things they can
0: just put with uh, macOS because it gives them some features, right? That they can say, here's some stuff we're doing with macOS, and then maybe they can like, lead into iOS from that. But like, it gives yeah. them a point on the slide when it comes to macOS.
1: And as a developer, yeah, as a developer conference too, just let them say, hey, we did the Safari technology preview. There are a lot of amazing things. If you're a web developer, look at all these amazing things that we're going to have. You you can follow along. We're announcing today that these other features are going to be in the build of the technology preview that comes out today, and they'll all be in the OS uh, this fall. And uh so some It was like, like a
0: couple of years ago when they kept talking about the DOM, which made no sense to me at all. I had no idea what the DOM was, but everyone was really excited about the fact that you could do
1: things with the <laughs> DOM. DOM! You know? It's either Perignon or Deloise. Either way, it sounds great. All right. So next up for me, I'm taking one from you. Major
0: Mac App Store changes. Okay. Wait on think me. That the Mac App Store is a disaster. I'm not the first person to realize this. Um, it is <laughs> no. something that has had absolutely no love um, from a design perspective, even since it came out. That. It, looks old, it looks weird, it does very strange things. Um, Major developers are not going anywhere near it and or leaving it. Something needs to change. I don't know what it would be. I don't know if major Mac App Store changes means just they're going to just change the way it looks and feels to use to maybe make it more useful. Maybe they bake it even deeper into the OS in some way, or maybe they change how it works from a technical perspective and make sandboxing more friendly Or they just make the business proposition nicer on the Mac App Store. Maybe Mac App Store upgrades. Maybe they put it there to try and bring some people back. I don't know what it might be, but I just feel like the Mac App Store is going to get some time on stage to announce some kind of fundamental changes to the way it looks, feels, or is approached to by developers.
1: This will be the first time we've seen... uh... Apple <laughs> at WWDC since the, well, we've we've seen, you know, there was that story about Phil Schiller taking over some responsibilities for, for app right, stores. Right, right. And, yep. we've, and we've seen the app review times lower and stuff like that. So there's probably a, a story coming from Apple that is, look, we, we are making changes. We've listened and we're making changes. And you've already seen it with the app review. Whoa, big, you know, applause line there. And here's some other things that are going on. My hope... Is that one of the major Mac App Store changes? Is absolutely like we're going to loosen this way up because we want the Mac App Store to be thriving. And there's too there's not there's a, too much good stuff that's not in the store yet, and we want you all in the store with your Mac apps. So we're not we're dropping the requirements for this and that. And you know you'll still need to be approved, and we'll still need to make sure that you're not doing something that's bad. But we're no longer going to lock you out if you whatever. And maybe there's a you know and uh, there's going to be a way for you to have an installer. And, you know, the way your installer will work within the Mac App Store is people will open it and then the Mac App Store app will run the installer itself and walk people through what's going to happen or and an uninstaller that does the same thing. I mean, whatever, however deep this goes, I don't know, but I would love to see that where, where Phil Schiller stands on stage and says, bottom line, we want you all in the Mac App Store. Here's how we're going to make it uh, possible for you to be in there because there aren't enough of you in there just now.
0: And Cross you know, features. I I don't know if they just say to hell with sandboxing. I you know I don't know what you do, but maybe I because would. <laughs> you can still you can still <laughs> install OS ten applications as easy as you ever could. So I don't know if it's necessary. Many yeah. people might disagree with me. Many people will probably agree with me. I I don't know, but I feel like that wouldn't be the worst thing to do.
1: Yeah, I know. It's like uh we're doing it right in the Mac app store and we're doing it so right that nobody uses it. Yep. Well great. Good for you. Good for you. I, I think we've got our great little place here where we don't even observe the rules. <laughs> so and you could spin this a couple of ways. I would say you could spin this as we are um we are uh really going doubling down on the Mac App Store. We're going to make so everything can get in the Mac App Store. You could also spin it the other way, which is we are giving up on the Mac App Store. The super curated approach totally failed, and so we're going to open it up. But either way, they should do it. Yep. Yep, most definitely. All right. Um, For my choice in, in the ninth round, I'm going to pick from iOS a customizable control center. Nice pick. Uh, control center needs to make some changes. It's the thing you flip up from the bottom of the screen. I mentioned 3D Touch earlier. The ability to uh, choose some things, even if they're all system-based. Uh, it would be great if third-party apps could provide things that go in the, you know, it could that are opt- for the control center, that would be really great. But even if it's customizable, especially on iPads, there's a lot of room down there and not a lot of choices. Um, I would love to be able to have um, have some other functionality that you can, uh, you can toggle quickly, uh, from there because sometimes, you know, some people don't use some of those buttons. They're like, I'm never going to flip it open and tap on the calculator. So could I replace that with something else that would be great whether it's something that's just from a predefined list of eight things that apple will do it will offer you or whether it also includes something that third-party app providers can provide uh, but regardless uh, i like control center i use it all the time and i would like it to be more functional couldn't agree more i would love to be able to change some stuff one
0: of my favorite things about android they have this stuff in the notification shade. Uh, And you can move things around in there now. I mean, it's in the new version. It's in the developer, uh, like in the the beta version of N. But you can customize what goes in there. You can move things around to your own order, and they have some great stuff that you can choose from. Um, And I would love to be able to see some of that. Like for example, I very, very rarely need to turn Bluetooth on and off. Now I have the Apple Watch, who turns Bluetooth on and off. If you're an (laughs) Apple Watch user, you do not need that there, (laughs) right? Because you need it on all the time.
1: Right, but you may be somebody who has a corporate VPN and needs to toggle their VPN on and off, and you can't do that from exactly. Control Center.
0: Or, for example, something that I cannot believe is not in there, It's low power mode. I just cannot believe that low power mode is not in Control yeah. Center. I, I flick up Control Center every single time thinking that it's there, even though I know it's not.
1: Uh, the... Uh, the question also about like uh, I was doing a presentation at a user group and one of the things I did was like it was like secrets of the Mac menu bar and one of them is you know menu bar items you hold down the option key mm-hmm. and you get all these extra things and I thought about that for a for control center the idea that maybe 3D touch or maybe it's a touch and hold or whatever but the idea that you could you know if you go on the Bluetooth item if you want to keep it there it's not just a Bluetooth toggle it lets you pick a device and connect to it or pick a Wi-Fi base station and connect to it how about that wouldn't that be a nice feature but you know, right now it's just, it's, it's too dumb. So make it smarter. Yeah. My
0: next pick is iOS software keyboard improvements. And this is a a few different things here. Um, Okay. I would like to see more layouts in the software keyboard on the large iPad pro. I want to see the international layouts promised to us. Uh Um, And I also want to see the third party keyboards become like actual keyboards. You know, I want the switching to be better. Um, yeah. I would love to see them be able to perform a lot better. Um, I, I just want to see that really kind of pick up now. We're a couple of years into this and nothing has really significantly changed to try and make these keyboards stronger. You know, you've you've got stuff like Gboard, which people really love. I can't use because Google is, is as you mentioned, not so great about outside of the U.S. at times. Um but I, I want to see people being able to use these keyboards as their main keyboards without having a nightmare trying to switch backwards and forwards. Um, why can't I turn off the standard one? Why does that always have to be enabled? I understand right. that like they want to enable it for security when you're entering passwords, but just show a specific password only keyboard. Let me choose yeah. between SwiftKey and the Emoji one, and just let me leave it at that. Like If I want to choose a third-party one, stop giving me the first-party one. Right. I really want to see some changes there.
1: Uh, I will throw in a couple that I want. Um, I want a distinct set of settings for hardware and software keyboards. Because when I'm typing on a hardware keyboard, I do not want auto-capitalization. I do not want auto-correct because it, it incorrects my correct typing and it's infuriating. So then I go and turn it off. And then I'm sitting uh, with my iPad in my lab using the software keyboard, and just expecting <laughs> expecting it to autocorrect, and it totally doesn't. Those should be separate features. Uh, for Pete's sake, we now have the iPad Pro shipping, you know, with these accessories that you can get that that are that are made by Apple that are external keyboards, A keyboard that you make and put in the marketing. Yeah, you. They need to be different. So I would I would throw that out there that that they need to they need to do that. And then actually, also from the iPad Pro perspective, uh, the two finger trackpad. Features, Feature, um they need to they need to tweak it a little bit because i accidentally set it off with a finger brush and delete things that i've written all the time so i i want it to be i want it to be less sensitive i want to have to do a little more work mm-hmm. to get it into trackpad mode and i also want it to be relia- more reliable about it because sometimes i put two fingers down and i start to move and it just starts Tacking keys which yeah. is also really annoying so it, it activates sometimes when i don't want it to and it doesn't activate sometimes when i do and as a result i get really frustrated by it's it
0: it's one of my favorite features of the iphone because it works almost like all the time but it's one of the things that annoys me most about the iPad because about I can't get it to work consistently.
1: Yeah. When it works, it's great, but it is so inconsistent and frustrating. So those are my those are my two uh, things to that I'll I'll throw in on the software keyboard. And there are probably others I mean, you could change the whole um the whole little uh, auto the 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 smart bar or whatever it is above above there um, that could be a lot better and and more contextual and have more stuff in it than it, than I think app developers are allowed to put in there too. But and uh, there's about yeah.
0: seventeen thousand different things you could do to improve the emoji keyboard as well.
1: Yes, like make it searchable for one. <laughs> yeah, just
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: You'd... I wrote a whole story for MacWorld about that. Apple's emoji are emoji game is really strong and their keyboard on iOS is really poor all right so for my uh, my pick rounding out round 10 uh and the end of this block i'm going to choose major changes and improvements to carplay you are probably the uh the only person in the world that
0: has had the amount of experience of carplay that you've had <laughs> you know just used it that one day
1: and made the video <laughs> Te- technically no i i actually have it hooked up um i was i was using it the other day because apple actually has come a long way in in uh one of the weird things about CarPlay is like iOS nine wasn't that great with CarPlay, but like iOS, like like a couple updates in, it got a lot better. CarPlay is way better than it was a year ago when I made that video, and I keep thinking about making a follow up. And people who have CarPlay in their cars perhaps have experienced this. I don't. I have CarPlay in a box that I can plug in in my house, so I should probably put it in my car at some point just so that I can write about it some more. Um, and now it's at the point; it's much better now. And at this point, I would be willing to have it in my car, where yeah. a year ago I wasn't. But you know, they are. Apple's trying to get in the car. They're in this competition with Android Auto. They need to make CarPlay better. So I want to hear them talk about... And I hope they do. That's why I'm picking them. Talk about CarPlay and ways that they're going to make it better because it's still not that great. And I feel like they need to uh, spend some time saying we're gonna, you know, we're gonna make it better. They've they've teased that they're going to be able to do it completely wirelessly. How's that going to work? Are they going to do other features? I'm going to roll Siri in the car in here too. I feel like Siri needs to get smarter in the car, regardless, but especially needs to get smarter in the car when there's CarPlay because a lot of times, you know what? You can't interact with a screen. You need to talk to a device and Siri is not good enough at being uh, a a conversationalist in the car and help you get information that you seek um, with uh, while with you know while your eyes are on the road so uh, a car some sort of apple in car story that is not apple's building a car but is apple is committed to making more improvements to car play i want to see it um, so i'm going to put it on my list
0: The third and final block of draft picks is brought to you by Squarespace, the simplest way for anyone to create a beautiful landing page, website or online store. You can start building your own site today at squarespace.com and use the offer code upgrade at checkout to get 10% off your first Purchase with easy to use tools and templates. Squarespace helps you capture every detail of what drives you because if it's worth the effort, it's worth sharing with the world. Squarespace will allow you to build a site that looks fantastically, professionally designed, regardless of how much coding knowledge you have. You don't need any, or you can have a lot. If you have a lot, they have a dev platform so you can dig in and tinker with stuff to your heart's content. But if you're like me and do not know your HTML from your Python, from your Ruby, it doesn't matter. You can build something that looks great with Squarespace. And I've used them for many years for just that. But also stuff like their 24-7 support, their commerce platform, their cover page functionality, their rock-solid fast hosting, their beautiful templates, their security, their stability. These are the reasons that I've used Squarespace in the past. They're reasons that you should use squarespace or you should be recommending squarespace to people in your life you know people that need sites that kind of stuff squarespace is a great place mainly because they have that 24 7 support so you won't need to be helping them if they have any issues or questions or concerns squarespace i've got you covered. Also, it's a total package because if you sign up for a year you'll get a free domain name as well and they have so much other stuff. Squarespace plans start at just $8 a month and you can grab a free trial with no credit card needed to sign up when you go to squarespace.com and when you decide to sign up for a Squarespace plan, you just want to use the code UPGRADE at checkout and you'll get 10% off your first purchase. Thank you so much to Squarespace for their continued support of this show, Relay FM, and of course, The upgrade WWDC draft two thousand and sixteen. So we are in the final stretch now, Jason.
1: Yes, the lightning round, if you will.
0: You you could say that. Um, I am going to go with uh, system wide iOS dark mode. All right, next pick here. Good choice. Now. This thing is being called dark mode. You know, Federico uh, did some great stuff here when he did his um, his iOS 10 picks. But I actually think it's going to be slightly more than this. Uh, I have a hunch that the Instagram design, the new black and white Instagram design, is going to be something that we see wider in iOS. I think that is a, uh, a, a, a fresh kind of black and white style design or just way calmer design. You, know, you take a look at the WWDC pages, everything's dark, and, and you know there's a simple color there that could easily be flicked backwards and forwards. I think that Apple is going to start to really change the way that the design guidelines are so things will be a bit sharper, a bit plainer, even more plain than what iOS 7 was, to allow for an easier ability to switch between dark and light.
1: Yeah, I... Um... So, they introduced a dark menu bar in OS 10 a couple mm-hmm. versions ago, and it's really dumb. <laughs> yeah. Because it's a dark menu bar, and that's it. And I think originally people who had uh, apps that ran in the menu bar couldn't even easily tell if the menu bar was dark or not and they fixed that so now they can tell and they can change their icon to be the opposite when it's a dark menu bar but what it's not is a dark mode for the operating system like and i know you know you got a window a lot of windows are going to be like documents and they're going to be lots of white with black text and that's how it is but some interface elements throughout could get picked up and and sort of like darkened and and you, you have a second theme Uh, And they didn't do it. So uh, on iOS, I would love to see it. I would love to see a dark mode. I would love to see it uh, something that all the OS can, uh, all the apps can pick up and do pick up uh, that you should be able to set it to turn on at sunset. (laughs) Uh, All of those things I would like to see uh, because it's, uh, it's nice. It's nice when you're, You know, when you're working in the dark, having a white screen in front of your face is painful when it doesn't have to be. And like uh, if you've looked at overcast dark mode, for example, that's a good example of that. Something like uh, even like notes, I would rather have it be when I'm taking notes in a darkened room like I um, often am when I'm watching a movie or something for a podcast. I would love to be able to have a dark mode for it. Instead, what I do is I, I end up triple clicking. Uh, and I have triple click set to be invert screen. And mm. since everything in iOS is so uh, uh, aggressively, uh, you know, white with a little bit of black, if you triple click, it turns into a sort of a dark mode. It's weird, but sort of. Um, but a, a proper dark mode would be great. So
0: I think that's what we're going to, I think we're going to see okay. something
1: along those lines that will
0: be a bigger kind of interface change again. I mean, it's it's been some years since iOS 7 now.
1: So a lot of what we've been saying it has been about about the Apple Watch has been fix it, fix it, fix the things that are wrong. I'm gonna I'm gonna say something uh, completely new here, which is um, time for watchOS 3.0 to include the ability for custom watch faces. Expanding the uh, abilities of the existing watch faces is something that should also be on the list. And I think we all assume that there will be some incremental improvements to how watch faces are are displayed. But I think uh, I want to see the ability for third parties to build apps that provide custom watch faces that you know they got to be approved by apple but i feel like it's time the, the apple watch one of the things that it does is tell the time and i if you would ask me what the state of the apple watch's watch face game would be a year after it shipped i would not i would be disappointed with the reality of it if uh you know it's just not Enough, And I realize there are lots of reasons you want to, there's intellectual property reasons, you don't want to knock off existing watch faces. There's a quality reasons where a lot of uh, like Pebble watch faces are really gross. That said, you know, having Apple have approval and have guidelines, I would like to see that. um, And I would, I would like to see watch faces in general be more uh, customizable than they currently are. Um, I would trade this for fewer, more flexible Apple watch faces. I would Mm. probably do that. Uh, where you know right now an apple watch face sort of can only do one thing if those all could be a little more uh variable in terms of where they put text and what they put where that would be nice too but um but i'm gonna i'm gonna go with the custom watch faces too i think why not do
0: you foresee custom watch faces as anyone can make one or apple makes it possible for approved designers to do it
1: I think it's the latter, right? Apple approval is going to be a key part of it, whether it's, uh, you know, I would have just imagined it's going to be an App Store style process, but uh, where...
0: uh, Right, but anyone can come along and make one. They've just got to get it approved as opposed to like Apple saying Louis Vuitton and Gucci and et cetera, et cetera, can make them.
1: Exactly. That, that was what I was thinking. And it might even be something that just, you know, the store for it, if you will, is in the Apple Watch app. And it just, that's where it lives and you install a watch face and there's no, you know, there's no app you install on your phone that has a watch face extension. It's more like there are watch faces in the watch face. I mean, that Apple watch app is pretty bare. There's not a lot happening in there. So putting in a watch, a watch face gallery and letting you load things on. I mean, that's something that, that uh, Pebble did that I liked. So I'd like to see that.
0: All right, next up. Um, This is a kind of a continuation from what I was saying about native watch apps, but I think further untethering the Apple Watch from the phone. So allowing the Apple Watch to get more information from some kind of connection, whether it be a cell connection, and we can maybe get to that with a a later prediction, or just to be able to do more with Wi-Fi than it can currently do so you can kind of have this device be its own little thing if it wants to be I think that's something that they're going to do more with because I think that whilst it, the Apple kind of said that this was the case it doesn't feel like that's the case because if I'm at my, in, my, in my home and the phone is not around my watch gets really upset So, and I know it's connected to the Wi-Fi so I, I think that this could be significantly improved upon if not completely revolutionized
1: all right, I'm going to. Uh, I mean, some of those things are, were in WatchOS 2.0, but as you pointed out when we talked about this earlier, with apps standing standing alone, it doesn't go far enough. It needs to go further. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on the watch thing. For we're on a little watch segment here. For my pick, which is uh, a very specific pick, and it is something that I actually added while we were talking. Um, <laughs> I'm going to throw down the ability to migrate an Apple Watch to a new iPhone without having to wipe it and reinstall it from a backup. If you are ever buy a new iPhone or have your iPhone break and have to replace it, guess what you have to do to your Apple Watch? You have to completely erase it and then repair it and then let it load your last backup if you have a backup from that iPhone. So I'm going to say new feature of watchOS 3. If you're using a phone that's got an existing Apple ID that's the same as the, as the new phone that you're going to, it will just be able to migrate without wiping itself clean and starting again.
0: That would be great, especially Wouldn't it be when we will nice? get new phones again. I mean, remember what happened last September and me and you just shouted for four weeks.
1: Exactly right. It's a p- upgrading, upgrading should be a delight. And if you've got an Apple Watch, upgrading your iPhone is a pain. So mm-hmm. make it more delightful. Um, I'm going to venture into territory I don't understand um, and say
0: that there will be some kind of big Swift announcement. That's that's all I know, is that there will be time devoted to Swift and it will be big stuff. Not just like, hey, Swift's going good.
1: Like, I think that they're going to do something which will be significant with Swift. New version of Swift. Uh, They learned their lesson. They've listened to developers and it does more awesome things now. Yeah. Basically. That's all I have to say on that. (laughs) That's good. You don't want to elaborate on some of the thoughts about what those big new features of Swift would be?
0: I think that the uh, integer parameter is going to significantly change.
1: Okay, okay. Uh-huh. and everyone stop listening. Well, it'll be more. It'll be more dynamic. There'll be some more dynamic typing. I hope.
0: Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh.
1: Dynamic typing. That's when you type really fast, right? Yeah, it's just it, that's what new keyboards do. They just make it more dynamic. Okay. Good. Excellent. Okay, I'm with you there. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, I'm going to go out on a limb and say something that's totally nuts, but I, I, it's wish fulfillment time here late in the draft, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I want credit if my wish is fulfilled. Uh, the fulfillment itself won't be enough. I'll also get draft credit for it. Um, a replacement for iTunes on the Mac. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. So, the idea that Apple needs to split some of this stuff off. That there's a new version of iTunes that is focused on music. Perhaps there's a separate app that is for device sync and maintenance and backup and things for people who are still doing wired connections to their uh, to their iOS devices. Um, and, uh, and 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 uh, but but break, breaking it up, breaking up the monopoly, uh, simplifying iTunes, having the whole music story be a little bit more. Actually, having it be more like iOS, where there's a music app and there's a store app. Uh, and there's a device sync app in this case, since it's on the Mac, and that's and that's it. Instead of one place, the the long requested, never delivered, breakup of Big iTunes. Big iTunes, the big.
0: Yep. Go get Big iTunes out of the way. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're into our last and final picks now. Then, I guess we are now. One of the things so i'm I'm struggling now with what we have less left in this document, because I can either go for something that is potential but I don't think will happen, or I can just take crib something immediately from what you just put in your article about the Mac uh-huh. uh, but I think that's a bit outlandish, and I do want you to <laughs> yep. maybe go through it, so I'm just going to go with Apple Watch Two announced. <laughs> I don't think that they're going to do this. Like I, no. I really don't think that this is going to happen and this is what happens when you get to the end of the draft here. But <laughs> not a left. There could be some stuff in Apple Watch 3 that they just can't talk about unless they talk about the Apple Watch 2. Huh. Hmm. Like fundamentally, like if they say something like like let's let's just say for argument's sake that the Apple Watch Two has a SIM card in it and it has a cell connection, let's just say again, I think we're still another version away from that, but let's just say that's the case, and that's why they talk about independent you know like the watch can talk independently when you're out on a run. There's no way they can do that without kind of acknowledging the fact that it's going to have a cell connection, which means they need to maybe talk about the hardware. I don't know depends on how much they want to give developers now as opposed to giving them, like, three weeks before the thing ships. So it it could be in uncharted territory a little bit with what they want to announce and what they don't want to announce and how this impacts the hardware, Uh, but that's why I say that there is a slim chance that they announce the Apple Watch 2 shipping in a month, two months. If the product's not selling gangbusters, they know it's a Q4 product, like Tim has said, it's a holiday product, Maybe they just don't care about the fact that they're going to cannibalize some sales for a little while. I don't know.
1: All right. Well, I think that's unlikely, highly unlikely. That's why it's my do, last pick, my do, friend. Too. <laughs> uh, so for my last pick and the last pick of the draft, I've got some stuff that I could pick, but I'm not going to pick any of those. Instead, I'm going to pick something that's slightly more possible than the Apple Watch 2 appearing on stage at WWDC, and it's this. To celebrate the fact that OS 10 is now Mac OS 11, they're going to say these go to 11 and Spinal Tap is going to appear on stage and perform at the end of the keynote. I that... think there is more chance of a live upgrade from the keynote stage. Than, than
0: Spinal Tap to appear.
1: I don't th- I don't agree. I think I think the appearance of Spinal Tap is uh, more likely than a Live Upgrade or the Apple Watch 2 appearing. So that's what I'm going to say. Spinal Tap slash Mac OS 11. There it is. Just mark it, mark it down. All right. I get like, I win the draft if that happens. How about that? Will you agree to that? That's a double or nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll give you that. If Spinal Tap come out on stage, no matter what the scoring is, you win the draft. <laughs> okay, thank you. <laughs> and that's the end of the draft, and that's the end of this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, I hope you've been playing along at home. I'm look, very much looking forward to next week when we announce the winner. Uh, who will be crowned champion uh-huh. of the uh, first annual Upgrade WWDC <laughs> draft. But let's talk about next week for a moment. Yes. So um, next week, uh, Upgrade, we will be recording in person uh, after the keynote. So yes. we will, you know, sometime after the keynote, we'll be recording in person. We may or may not stream live. I hope that we will be able to stream live, so you'll be able to tune in if you want to. Um, something that I will mention this j- like just after the keynote, but I'll say it now so you can bear it in mind. We love to do uh, extended ask upgrade for this type of stuff. So if you have any questions, thoughts that you want us to to elaborate on that kind of stuff because of the keynote announcements, just send them in with the hashtag AskUpgrade, and we'll try and get to as many of those as we can. Right. So feel free to do that. I love doing that sort of stuff because you pick up on like the random and weird little things that th- people thought of or found because of that. So please send any of that sort of stuff in to us so we can address it on the show with the hashtag AskUpgrade. So we'll be recording that episode, but also on Monday is RelayCon. Now, you may have may not have heard of this. I hope that you have. But we're doing an event in San Francisco for the first time. Um, It's going to be a live show. Um, We're going to be doing some fun stuff. We've got some great things planned. Uh, Part of it is going to be the connected hosts, so me, Stephen, and Federico. And then there's going to be a segment that I've put down in my document title was Mike and Friends, which is going to be me, Hugh and Serenity Caldwell talking about the announcements of the day this is going to be recorded live uh, and it will be out in the Connected feed so we'll be talking about it, we'll be linking to it, but if you're interested in picking up what I think is going to be a really fun episode, uh, go subscribe to Connected now and you'll get that um, next week and you also get this week's episode of connected which will be fun so go to relay.fm slash connected to find out more and subscribe there but we're really excited for relay con and jason i'll say now thank you for uh being a part of it on stage with me i am very yeah. excited we've got a big night planned so i think it's gonna uh, be a lot of fun
1: it, Monday's gonna be a big day uh, but and somewhere in there between a keynote and relay con we will find at, at an undisclosed location we will find enough time to uh to do upgrade that's that's the that's the agenda for monday um and you know again i will offer you know we can just ride around in my car if you really want to do a car cast (laughs) but we should probably do it at at a secret location instead of in my car
0: i feel like you know for the car cast to uh exist in the future which i'm sure it will make an appearance later on There needs to be extenuating circumstances. Uh, Me and you being together in person with the ability to walk to multiple locations where we could record
1: does not need a car cast. But I appreciate the the invitation. (laughs) (laughs) Fine. You don't want to be in my car. That's fine, Mike. All right. No, I'm looking forward to it. You and me together Mm -hmm. in San Francisco. Um, That part's in San Francisco is less exciting for me because this is basically where I live. But uh, you'll be here and a lot of other people will be here and uh, there'll be a big Apple event. I'll be there. And then I will find you afterward, and we will uh, do an upgrade next week. And keep score about the draft, which will be ugly, probably.
0: Yep, (laughs) especially because we'll be in person. It
1: might come to fisticuffs, who knows.
0: It could. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show. If you want to find our show notes, head on over to relay.fm slash upgrade slash 92. Thanks again to our lovely sponsors this week, Casper, Squarespace, and Pingdom. And we'll be back in person next week. Thank you so much for listening. Goodbye, Mrs. Snow. Goodbye, everybody. Next
1: week in San Francisco.